Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave, or should I say, Buongiorno, come va? I had a lot of fun with our next guest, Tuila Muzzi, photographer with the Cannondale World Tour team, both men and women. But before we get to her, I would like to tell you about the Iowa Mountain Bike Championship Series. It's a series of seven mountain bike races in Iowa. Yes, Iowa. If you have not been to Iowa to try our mountain biking trails, you absolutely should. And you can start out by doing the Iowa Mountain Bike Championship Series. You can find the entire schedule and information at bikeiowa.com backslash IMBCS. We hope you check it out and put some of the IMBCS races on your schedule. Now on to today's show. I had a lot of fun talking with today's guest, Tuila Muzzi. She'll tell you how to say that correctly. She is a professional photographer based in Milan, Italy, who shoots for Cannondale and the EF Education World Tour team, both men and women. She spends a good part of her year chasing the peloton around the world, shooting the biggest stars in the biggest races. I met Twila at the Cyclocross World Championships in Fayetteville in January. She was very nice to put up with my poor attempts at Italian. It was fun to work alongside her and the rest of the crew in the finish line scrum. Since then, I've enjoyed watching her as she trapes across Europe, posting her beautiful photos from the early season road races. Last weekend, she was posting from the cold, dusty, dry region of Tuscany in Italy at the Strada Bianchi. It's a world tour race that incorporates a whole bunch of white gravel roads in Tuscany in the 184 kilometer race. I thought it would be fun to bring her on the show and talk about her life inside the world of, of professional cycling. She was nice enough to agree and here we have it. I hope you enjoy. Hey, buongiorno, come va? E tuoi occhi sono molto belli. Thank you. That's I've been doing good. How about you? Uh, molto bene. Is that right? Molto Did bene. I say that part right? Yes, yeah. that's uh, perfect. So that is all the Italian I know other than, um, I should probably say, uh, Shram or Shimano, but it would be Campanolo. I do know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Tomasini. Campagnolo. Uh, I have a Tomasini hanging in, and a Pinarello hanging in my uh, uh, room mm -hmm. in the basement. So yeah. I do know those words as well. And the Pinarello has, is hung with uh, Campanolo Nouveau record. I guess I know a bunch yeah. of Italian, don't I? Well, yeah, yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> you just good. need, you know, to rediscover them. Uh, ind indeed, I do need to rediscover them for sure. Uh, so uh, Twyla, I, it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, but before you do that, I yeah. want to uh, let you know that I know you as Twilcha because yes. of your Instagram. And it's so funny, like this world yeah. of social media, how we're mm -hmm. introduced and how we know people versus if we had um, met in yeah. real life and introduced, yeah. which I guess we did, but uh, I know you as Twilcha on Instagram. Instagram. But what's your yes. real name and uh, where are you right now? <laughs> so my real name is Twyla and Twilcha, I have to explain this because some people are always asking me what's Twilcha from, like why? And I'm like, so when I was actually uh, trying to look for a name to put on Instagram, I was like, my name, um, like in Czech, because my mom is Czech, would be Twilcha. Like when someone calls me, it would be Twilcha when we are talking. So I like the sound of it. So I wanted to put Twilcha, which is written T W I L C A. But it's a particular C that it's written just like in Czech alphabet. So I couldn't put it on the Instagram. So I went with the C and H Twilcha. <laughs> ah, okay well that explains yeah. it that's I, I love honoring your your heritage from uh from czech so um yeah. czech republic czech it's not czechoslovakia yes. anymore is it no no not it's anymore the, uh, czech, <laughs> czech republic uh things yeah. change on earth don't they uh we'll talk they about are. that in a little they bit are. 
Um, So you are a professional, uh, I would say, cycling photographer. I I looked on your website and you've got uh, a little bit in the gym, a little bit of, uh, Mm -hmm. was it Tai Chi? Uh, It was Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I would say your bread and butter is cycling. Uh, we met yeah, at the cycling, World Championships cycling, in Fayetteville, yeah. and that was a treat. Yeah. Uh, what I want to get to what you're doing now, but what got you started in photography? Hmm. Uh, well, photography has always been like my passion, I would say, since I was a kid thanks to my dad I would say like we whenever we go uh, on a trip he will carry his camera and he'll lend me his cameras to take some shots mainly flowers I remember a lot of flowers were in my laptop but then I met what now is my ex-boyfriend and he was a cyclist and I started to attending the cycling races back in 2010 so it was years ago ages ago (laughs) so that's how I started I started to shoot his races so the minor like it was really like junior categories I would say and then I wanted more I always accept more and more respect not accept respect uh from myself so I was like okay I want to go into the pro level like and see works so it's been my fifth road season now so that's how I got into yeah did uh I I, I'm stumbling here because I think it's you you don't ever ask a woman her age but um (laughs) when when you had your dad's camera were they film or digital uh it was digital but we have films at home and he showed me how to develop them and everything. And sometimes I like to take films. I actually found not recently, years ago, from my granddad's uh, stuff, this old film camera. And they start to use that. But unfortunately, we found out the shutter was broken. So the films w- were like a little bit white and then some colors in it because the light was just dropping in. Okay. No more films for now, for now, because I have some projects we'll see. So it really runs in the family if your grandpa had uh, cameras and then your dad sounds like a very yeah. passionate uh, yeah, shooter. I, th- I would say that our family is a little bit creative. Yeah, I got this from my dad, I would say. My mom is more for the logic stuff, which Did I am you, not. <laughs> well, you are... You, you even say in your uh, website, and I think on your Instagram um, bio, that you mm-hmm. pay attention to the details. So maybe that comes yeah. from mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be, could be. I never thought about this in this way. Yes, my mom is really precision, like to go after the stuff. So I put probably that side of her into my kind of job. I know I told you this in Italian already, and I'm going to say it in a different context here, but you have a, a, you have a beautiful eye for the shot. Um, Did you study art? Would you say you were artistic, an artist? Mm. Did you like art in school? I, so I had the best uh, grades in art when I was back in high school, yes. I love art, like I also love drawing. I stopped, but I never studied like photography or this kind of stuff. I never kind of study. I'm more practical in this kind of stuff. I prefer to put down, take the pen and draw or either take the camera and just shoot. That's how I do the stuff. I never liked studying. <laughs> Well, that's fair, but you do have a, a, a great eye for a beautiful image. And I, I don't think, I, I, I shoot as well. Uh, we met as uh, photographers with our vests yeah. on at Fayetteville. Um, and I don't, I, I feel like there's a huge difference between a snapshot and a photograph. 
and it takes mm-hmm. a discerning eye to understand that difference. And I, I look at your stuff and you have a discerning eye for a beautiful image, regardless of, you know, even your images in the gym, I was just looking at, I'm like, those are gorgeous. And it's some dude with tats <laughs> and his shaved yeah. chest and like, I, yeah, <laughs> but those are beautiful images and it takes a discerning eye. So uh, it's interesting. You, um, Got good grades in art, but you didn't pursue that uh, post high school. Mm, kinda, I did. I actually uh, attended a private school for graphic design in Milan because I was like, okay, I know I do photography. I was good in art. Let's have something else, something more, which was graphic design. So it's a skill that I have, but I didn't really pursue that either. I just like take photos um, or more for the moment. So. Yeah, I, I can yeah. relate to that. I, I get that. Um, you have graphic design background to fall back on. Well, and your website's yeah. gorgeous. Did you do your website? Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, uh, I use a platform, but I, uh, you know, edit the, the way I want it to look. For sure, it's, go- it's gorgeous. Uh, you, you again. You have a beautiful eye, <laughs> which is all the Italian I know. Uh, e tuoi occhi sono the molto belli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My favorite thing <laughs> of that saying is a friend of mine who taught in Italy for a semester or maybe a year. He was an architect. He taught, okay. I believe, Rome for a year. Jason Allred. He taught me the. He's like, if there's one saying in Italian you need to know, this is it. And so I, I don't know if you've heard of Ragbri, a bike ride across. Iowa, which is where I live, 10,000 people show so. up in July and we ride our okay. bikes and have fun okay. for a week across that, Iowa. That's, that, that's amazing. It's very fun. Uh, you're always welcome to, but there's always uh, a group of Italians who come and ride and <laughs> it's a bunch of 50, 60 year old men generally. And I, I see <laughs> them in their Italian fun. kits and I'm like, ah, son the molto belli. <laughs> and they laugh and they blush. So that's my, that's my favorite thing to do with them. <laughs> so as a photographer, it's super hard to break into the ranks of, um, gosh, where you are, which is sitting uh, <laughs> really on the bus of a world tour team. How yeah. did you, how did you, I mean, you don't just decide that that's mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And then you get a job with yeah i mean u.s national team you i mean you've got and now you're with cannondale uh i I assume full-time yeah how do you break from kind of the the amateur with a camera and Mm -hmm. get into working inside the freaking cannondale team bus yeah that's actually a thing that i want people to understand because when they Sometimes I got people coming to me like, how do I shoot the world championship, this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you have to realize that I've been in cycling for 12 years. (laughs) It's not that I started yesterday. And it's been just my main job now, fifth season, so four or five years. So it's half the years I've spent in cycling. Uh, So... First of all, you have to invest. Like I remember uh, one time happened that I had to go like to Weltas. I had some issue to go there. So at last minute, like I spent a lot of money to go there anyway. I was like, no, I want to go, I want to do this. So I'm gonna put my money in this. And then that's where everything started. Honestly, it was back in. Uh, can you still hear me? Because I think my earbud just went off. Uh, yeah, okay. I can hear you. Um, so um, it was 2017, 18, I think. And I went to the Welta. And from that, I got my first magazine cover with Alvento. They asked for a picture, and one of those pictures I took in Welta was the cover of the magazine. And I was so excited about it. But then I started, uh, I started with a women team, which is Balkar. And that's how then I ended up with Cannondale. That's but very cool. For example, if we talk about Tom Pitcock, it goes back to when I started 
like when I uh, got myself into the races back with my ex, because my ex used to race with some guys, Australian guys, that now they stopped racing, but they have a podcast back in Australia. And they are the ones that actually introduced me to some other people that were working with Tom Pitcock. And then from there, you know, it's just one thing after another. And that's where I am today. But yeah, it, it comes from 12 years ago. <laughs> and really making a commitment to, to do this full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, March 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the wheels fell off of the bus. Uh, yeah. Did you freak out? I, I was very thankful. I don't shoot full time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I work during the week and then I shoot on weekends and I'm very picky mm-hmm. about what I shoot. Um, I only shoot sports I like, things I like. And, yeah. and um, uh, uh, the, like I was super thankful that photography was not my full time gig, that I had something to fall back on when the world of photography evaporated. No weddings, no portraits, no sports, no anything. How did you deal with that? During COVID. Yeah, like March 2020 Mm -hmm. shows up. And I instantly, and even though I do it part-time, I lost thousands of dollars like the day Earth shut down. And I can't imagine being a full-time photographer and Earth shutting down. Honestly, I am lucky because I'm still living with my parents. So I don't have expenses such as a house or bills to pay. So I was actually okay during COVID, but it was more hard mentally because really I was like, I have no ideas. I have no anything that just keeps me going. You know, at some point I was like, okay, this is enough. I remember uh, I was able to do um, cyclocross because it, it kept going cyclocross even without public, but we kept going. But I remember uh, for me, it was just house, race, race, house, house, race, race, house. And that was it. I didn't see any of my friend, anyone, because I was a, really afraid to catch COVID. And then not for myself, but also but mainly for the others because you work with the athletes and you know for sure so you, you was, don't even it, in uh, Fayetteville I didn't want to get anyone sick yeah in Fayetteville it was a little bit I was like okay <laughs> if I'm not catching COVID here I will be immune to everything <laughs> and it, <laughs> it went good actually it did go good but I saw some posts afterwards and I'm like oh, I spent some time with that person Thankfully, yeah, I had a mask on because uh, yeah, yeah, you know, there was exactly. some COVID floating around a little bit that we learned yeah. afterwards. But anyway, um, did you you're in northern Italy in Milan and mm-hmm. it COVID hit hard there. Were you mm-hmm. did you have to stay in your house for certain periods? What was Honestly, it like dealing with it? During COVID, I was in Czech Republic. I was lucky. Oh, I was lucky because. I saw all my friends back here in Italy. They were in lockdown, completely lockdown. They are they went crazy. While in Czech Republic, since it's a little state, it's not as big as Italy. Uh, it was easier. It got later COVID. It hit later COVID. And actually, we're free to go out of parks, running, that kind of stuff, which in Italy wasn't that free. Like they said, you can run, I don't know, 10 10k maybe out of your house and I was like well, does it even mean 10k yes and I don't know 15 no so I was lucky um, so I did all my COVID uh, staging in Czech Republic hmm. when I was actually yeah I was able to go out with my bike that's the the time I use my bike more because <laughs> whenever I'm at the races I never I'm never able to go ride. Uh, you are a cyclist? Mm, not really. No. I used to play volleyball and basketball. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, so from COVID 
now we have um, stupid war, editorial yes. comment by Dave. How Strata Bianca just happened. Um, Paris mm-hmm. Nice is going on. Like racing is happening in Europe. Uh, yes. But in Eastern Europe, there's, I mean, Ukraine is being invaded by Russia. Yeah. How, how do you think it or will what's going on there affect the season in cycling? Uh, it's really hard to, I, re- I, I really don't know what to expect, honestly. I have no idea. I don't think it will be, there will be any consequences like regarding the races because I think they will be on because of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there will be any consequences like race side. But like for myself, since I'm also a photographer and I don't know, I've been discussing about this with some colleagues. Sometimes I'm like, you know, photojournalism, going to war zones. It's a thing that attracts me. Like I need, like when Ukraine thing happened, I was like, I need to be there, like to document what's happening. But I know that it takes a lot of strength to go and do that, like a lot. So I'm I'm not sure that I would be able to, but like right now, even like this morning, I just told my mom, hey mom, I feel like uh, useless, helpless. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm going to races, doing what? Shooting races? I should go there or some do something more than just sit at home and look at photos, right? So I'm trying to, well, when I will be in Belgium, because it's it will be easier like um, on my schedule. I will be I will have more free time. I would like like to go attend the races and then during the week uh, to volunteering. Volunteering, volunteering yeah. yeah, yeah, and helps people to you know for to, that are helping Ukraine and deliver the products and that kind of stuff. Um, it's super close. Like Europe is not as big as the United States. Like countries are as close together as states are here in America. Uh, So everything is super close. And and are you feeling uh, the refugees, are refugees pouring through anywhere? Like, is that, you go down to the local school and are are you able to hand out water and food and blankets? Like, is that a possibility so, in places like Italy or Belgium? Yeah, or- yeah, that, that's today I found out an uh, association that is doing so. So probably I'm going there if I will be able with my schedule uh, to help them in Belgium since I will be there for one month. And yeah, a lot of associations here are helping them with deliveries. So also, yeah. I have to check in Czech Republic. I just have to see my schedule, how it will look like. Right. But yeah, like the um, where I live in Czech Republic, we are 800K from Ukraine. 800K, I'll have to do the math on that. 500 oh, miles, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I can absolutely understand and respect what you're saying about feeling helpless and wanting to do something and feeling that that there's a a bigger need for your lens than shooting bike races. Yeah. Uh, But shooting bike races provides entertainment. It makes people feel good. It it is a positive thing. So that's, that's a good thing as well, but I respect. Yeah, that's true. uh, You feel the need to jump in and help out. And I, I feel the same and I'm 10,000 miles away or whatever maybe 8,000 miles away from, from the war in, in Ukraine, but I respect that. So let's jump to your life now. Start yes. at Bianca. You were there last weekend. It looked like, <laughs> uh, it looked like windy crazy. craziness, dry, but windy craziness. 
it was, how was, how windy was your day? and it was cold like we woke up to minus four celsius which i don't know in fahrenheit how much is that maybe 25 degrees or so yeah 28 be. degrees yeah yeah it was so cold it was like oh man it's so different from last year which was like in summer so uh but it was good actually it was my first time doing both women and men normally i would do just the women race but then this year we decided to do both and it was epic like over the edge like we had to do the shortcuts and everything and you know we are always full gas at the races i loved it i loved it uh the, the sad thing about women races is that we discussed about this like they have a lot of k's racing they race a lot of k's but you have fewer spots than men races to go shoot them why is that mm, probably the way they put down the races i don't know you have because you are not able to do the same shortcuts you do with the men oh so that's that's the thing i think uh the women were the day before i mean were the women uh, on saturday in the, the morning on sunday they were in the morning no. oh that's yeah. a long day for you that's crazy yeah <laughs> um Talk me through that day. I can't imagine. It's hard to shoot a cross race because you're, you're sprinting from one location, but they go oh. by time and time again. You can hit four shots on every lap and yeah. they do nine laps and you get 10,000 yeah. shots or whatever. On a road race, they come and they go. How do mm -hmm. you decide what's your strategy on any given day? Uh, well, you how to get there? Well, you plan... So first of all, you'd need the map or the GPX from the race. So you can upload your GPX on your Google Maps or Viewer or whatever and just find and look at the location. So you decide the locations before if it's like a stage race or if you are not able to have a recon, right? Because if you are lucky and you get there before and you can do the recon by yourself with the car, then you decide the spots and you just write them down. So then you're like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. Sometimes it doesn't go as you plan. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It happened then. I, I was in at Umlop like two weeks ago. Yeah, two weeks ago before Strade. And... I planned some spots and then I planned to go to the finish, but there were some roadworks. So I was stopped from at the red light and I missed the finish. Oh no. So yeah, that it happens. Yeah, I'm sure it does. I, I cannot imagine bebopping around the countryside and these people are <laughs> riding 25, 30 miles an hour. They're trying to mm -hmm. beat you to the finish and you're trying to beat yeah. them to the finish. And you're yeah, dealing exactly. with spectators and red lights and traffic, traffic yeah. jams and all of the other things and parking. Yeah. Um, do you have any good stories? I saw at Strata, you were rumbling down a, it looked like a farm <laughs> road trying to get from point yeah, A. Yeah, 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 it was a farm road. Yeah, for sure. I saw tractors there. It was like, okay, well, next time maybe we take a tractor because it's easier, I don't know. We are about to break the car here. But we made it. I trust my my driver. I trust our driver. So, are you hanging was, with uh, the team? Are you hanging with like the Sonyers doing feeds? Or uh, are you no, actually, I was I was on, on my own and with Cannondale team, like the guys from Cannondale, not the team. Sometimes I go with the Sonyer, but mainly I move around myself. Are you ever on a motorcycle? Uh, no, like I did last year Flanders. I will be on this year Flanders too on a moto. Um, it's active. It's active. It's hard. <laughs> Physically hard also. Yeah. Are you, but, do you yeah. face backwards or forwards? I've shot on a motorcycle and I love it when the motorcycle is such that I can turn around and face backwards. Do you ever, is that a thing? Yeah. I did that when I was doing a U-22 race. 
and I remember my back hurt a bit for days. <laughs> but yeah, but normally with the moto, I just do more shortcuts that I can do with the car. And then oh, sometimes sure. in so the you're race, not shooting you... from the bike. You're using the, like, the moto to get from point A to point B. Yeah, sometimes I uh, shoot uh, in the race when they allow you to do so because there are many others and you just keep changing. So. Swapping. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, yeah. Um, what's, what's a good memory from the past five years of shooting the pro World Cup scene? I, I always uh, tell this story because it's so funny. Uh, it was back both ladies balls tour in Netherlands. We, I was with Valkar, and it was the last stage. Kiara won the last stage of that edition of that tour. And I remember I was there hanging with Tisuaniors and everything before the finish. And then I needed to go to the toilet. And there was those chemical toilets, right? So I went there, did my thing, blah blah blah. I dropped my phone into the toilet. Oh. It was the working phone where I used to send all the photos and chat and everything. So it's like, okay, I hope this at least brings a lot of luck. Because like in Italy, we have this say that if you step on a poop, can I say poop? <laughs> yes, you can say poop. <laughs> it, br- <laughs> it brings luck. Hmm. So like this better be my luckiest day ever. For sure. That day, Kiara won the stage. And I was nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> but now and I you need to it? send the photos. <laughs> but, yeah. How did you get the phone out, or should I not ask? Uh, we don't want to people know this. <laughs> I was lucky enough that I didn't drop all of it in it. So okay. part of it was safe, but was safe, but, oh, but that's yeah. horrible. I didn't have the, the phone anymore, but at least we were lucky and she was brave and strong enough to win the stage. That's awesome. That's a great, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a funny one. It's like, okay. But so I I have to colors, I don't know. Uh, tour de France, do you shoot the tour? Do you shoot uh, Giro? Mm-hmm. I did a one time Giro, one time Volta. My first Giro was back in 2018, I think. So probably. It's hard. It's the really whole, hard. Did you shoot the whole? Yes. Yeah. Uh, were you exhausted? I admire my, yes. I arrived at my third week. And I was like, man, I want to go home. <laughs> so bad. Really and again, I'm picky about what I shoot. And I've, I've always been in the United States. And mostly mm-hmm. cyclocross. So we had uh, Waterloo World Cup and then Fayetteville mm-hmm. World Cup and then Jingle yep. Cross World Cup within 10 days or 11 days. Mm-hmm. And I, well, and there were days off. I was mm-hmm. exhausted. I was beat. Yeah. I was ready to go home and sleep. <laughs> and I can't imagine every single day, another yeah. 200K from point A to point B. You probably yeah. never sleep in the same place twice. No. That, that's why it's hard because you have early mornings because the men do a lot of Ks on, on a stage. So then you have early mornings because you need to prepare, then go to the race before they even arrive to, you know, set, set up. Then you shoot the morning, then you do some shortcuts to get your spots, and then you go to the finish. And it's always hectic, always, always full gas stressing because, as we said, uh, traffic, people, everything in it. Then you get to the finish, which is like about 5, 5.30-ish, I think. Then there's the podium, and then you have to drive, if you're lucky, maybe one hour. If it's worse, we had one time a transfer of three hours. Then you get to the auto, and then you need to edit because some clients want photos right after some others not depends so this is for 21 days straight so early mornings late nights i remember during that giro i woke up i fell asleep at 9 p.m woke up at four in the morning 
because I didn't finish editing. So I kept editing in the four, at four in the mornings and then went to the stage like this. I was like, mom, I want to go home. <laughs> That's brutal. I'm exhausted listening to you talk about that. <laughs> Where do so you I admire actually my colleagues that, that oh my gosh, yeah, that's such a hard job, such a hard job. How mm-hmm. many days a year are you out? How often do you sleep in your own bed? Not much because <laughs> <laughs> like for example, here in Italy, I, I'm here since Sunday, and I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, where are you headed? <laughs> Uh, Netherlands for uh, the Duente for tour uh, race on Saturday and then also Sunday. You mentioned you follow mostly the women's racing for Cannondale. Yeah. Will yeah. you go to the Tour de France? Yes. Women's? Yeah. For, what is it, eight that. days? Uh, from 24 July to 1st August, I think. Like yeah, so seven or eight days. Yeah, I think yeah. it's an eight-stage eight, eight stage, uh, yeah, tour. It will be interesting to see and to shoot. Shooting ASO races, it's the hardest job ever, <laughs> I think. Uh, A-zone, why, do you, why is it the hardest job ever? More restrictions, less freedom? Yes, they are really, really strict. Even if you have accreditations, they are strict. I remember last year uh, during the... Uh, what's called La Course, mm-hmm. the Tour de France one stage race. Women. Yep. Uh, I was accredited. I left the, um, the start before the Peloton started because I wanted to go to some spots, but I was stopped by the police. They didn't allow me to go to the places I needed to go. It's like, okay. Even yeah. though you were accredited? Yes. Oh, that's got to be frustrating. That's like your yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, but it happens. So yeah. it's pretty strict. Huh. Uh, do you have a favorite race? Well, I managed, I was able to do the very first Paris-Roubaix women. So I would say that one. I really loved that one. What did you love about it? Because it was the first women one. <laughs> and also be able to be there and, I mean, Parido Bay has always been one of the most iconic race. So that's there's this. Also, I would say that I prefer cyclocross over road. So I'd say the Parido Bay goes between cyclocross, like there's the mud, cobbles, it's not broad. It's, and the faces you get after a Parido Bay are kind of the same of cyclocross, all muddy, all exhausted. No, I would say they are. I don't know what the word is. Deeper, maybe like after Perry Roubaix, five hours, six hours pounding over the cobbles, their faces just look hollow. And, yeah. And yeah. just a shell of after a hour long cross race, they're exhausted and they're muddy, but mm-hmm. they're smiling and they yeah. have a little bit of energy. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Perry Roubaix just goes so deep for so long. Yeah, uh, that must have been a real honor to shoot the very first women's Perry. Yeah. And it was epic condition, yep. epic. Yep. It was a great race. Like, must just yeah. be super fun to actually be there. Yeah, I think also the the moment that I really loved was the moment when we were allowed from the riders to get into the showers. Because for the women race in particular, like um, UCI asked riders to um, allow photographers to get in or not, like they had to decide. So I was there, there was the world championship, the world, sorry, the world champ, Elisa Balsamo. She saw me, I was like, yeah, she can get in. I was like, wow. <laughs> okay. That is awesome. Did you get any blowback from the photos from the showers? Any what? Any blowback? Any um, uh, well, negativity? No. No. Not really. There, there no. were some comments I I noticed uh, about these are women that are professional bike racers, and you're making them into sexual beings, and blah no, blah blah. Not really. And I it's like no, like the showers are 
iconic. Like to like it would have to be an honor to have your picture taken in the showers of the yeah. Roubaix Velodrome. Yeah. It's, it's just, I mean, you, you have pictures of the guys for a hundred years in the showers mm -hmm. of the Perry Roubaix Vel, uh, Velodrome and, or the Roubaix Velodrome. So it's, I thought it was, I would be honored to have my photo taken in yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. the Roubaix. Yeah. So what a, what a treat to be on hollowed ground. I mean, really mm -hmm. that's hollowed ground. That's like, I don't know, the top of Alpe d'Huez or. Yeah, it's just a temple. <laughs> it is. It's a temple. You're right. <laughs> Do you have, and I am a photographer and I am almost hesitant to ask this, but do you have a favorite image? A favorite image of favorite mine. photo that you've taken of this season or just in general? You can pick maybe one of every season. I would have a really hard time even going to, like, let's just say the U23 women at the World Championships. I would have a hard time picking my one favorite image from that particular mm -hmm. race, much less a year, much less, uh, yeah, much less a career. Well, now because we were talking about Paris Roubaix, so I would say my favorite photo from there. I can tell you, it's the smile of Isabel Samo in the showers. So I have that just comes in my mind. It's not even a race photo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from races, ah, oh, man, I really don't know. Because, yeah, as we said at the beginning, I'm for the details. So it's hard to think about a race photo. I mm. feel like if I can jump on your thought pattern here, as a photographer, I mean, it's another race photo. Mm -hmm. another cyclist climbing another hill mm -hmm. throwing it down with somebody on their wheel and blah 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 I get jazzed about the pre and post race and really mostly post race photos yeah. and even um atmosphere photos the crowd the signs the um I don't know the smoke from the tailgating or yeah or drinking beer, celebrating. Yeah, like those are more interesting in particular because, as you said, those are race photos and just someone climbing or, you know, that's the sport itself, the action itself. Yep. More about the details. So, as I said, Elisa Balsamo smiling in the showers or, I don't know, thinking right now because now I'm I have my my whole gallery on my website scrolling like okay this 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I do have a few favorite shots that uh uh one's Wout Van Aert at the start line and he's looking down and really all you can see is the tip of his helmet and his nose is is coming out from underneath the tip of his helmet and then the world championship stripes are on mm -hmm. his chest and that's one of my favorite favorite photos and again it's not a racing photo it's him at the starting line but it 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 makes it it tells a story it tells a yeah, story and that's what a, a good photo does is telling the story visually mm -hmm. um and every it's worth a thousand oh, words a race photo like because i have in my mind and it's on my uh website first photo is tom pitko flying in novia mm -hmm. yep, that's gorgeous my i love that probably that one because it's something different than road you know yep a bike on the road i don't know yep it also kind of tells the tom pidcock story that he's so much bigger than a road racer yeah. or a cyclocross rider or a yeah. mountain biker he can do <laughs> do it all he's just an amazing yeah. athlete on a bike that's flying on a bike <laughs> right yeah he's a airline airline pilot on a bike yeah <laughs> How are your photos used? And when you talked about the race photos are the race photos, mm -hmm. um, you know, I shoot for a cyclocross magazine and then I shoot for Dave. And the difference is telling the story of the race. Mm -hmm. So Tom Pidcock 
went off the front on this climb and you get a picture of Pidcock ahead of the rest or yeah. whatever the, the story is. And that's different than art. Yeah. What, where does your stuff end up? And are you, what is the emphasis of your photography? Art telling the story of the race. So I call them news photos. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I prefer to uh, document the race, like what's going on before, uh, behind the scene or during the race and after. So, yeah, mainly all my clients ask for that. Like for the world championship, I had the magazine and they asked me to show around what was going on during the world championship weekend. So that's the story of the world championship in Fightville. Then for Cannondale, kind of the same thing. Like I don't need to shoot the race, of course, but they want me also. And I want also to show people what's behind the team, like what's going on in the team than the race itself then i had a, like a project with red bull about tom peacock and it was about tom himself and not the race so because there uh, was an article last year on red bull that was about him so it was just showing him during a training or even I had some photos when he was uh, out for dinner, that kind of stuff, like about Tom and not the rider race like that. How are you received amongst the riders? Are you, do they get sick of you shoving your 200 mm. millimeter lens in their face? Or <laughs> not they really. They, they are fine, seems. I always tell them, please let me know when I'm bothering. If I'm bothering, just tell me to go off. <laughs> uh, but they are pretty uh, chill about that. I never heard complaints or like that. So I'm pretty happy about it. I always, I remember even starting like first uh, cyclocross season with Cannondale. I remember I was shooting these new guys for me. I was like, okay. I don't know him. And now he sees me this close to him. He could think like, who the hell are you? And why are you here? <laughs> right, for sure. Okay. You know, I just try every time to do what I need in really, uh, I would just say short time. Like, okay, I get what I need. And then I, I'm just off. Bye. You don't see me anymore. <laughs> I try leave and them alone. Yeah, because I'm doing my job, but they are doing their job. Right. So I make sure that I don't bother them. And if it's a tricky time, I try to ask, hey, can I shoot this or that? And please just tell me if it's not a good time, just it will be fine. I, I, I'm not for the staged uh, photos. Like, oh, sure. in, like, yeah, I prefer to get them in their natural habitat, natural uh, everything. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm not about a studio or mm -hmm. uh, a staged photo. I don't do portraits. Um, <laughs> is there a photo you can recall not taking? And I'll give you an example. I was at the National Track and Field Championships and Kara Goucher was expected to win either the 5K or 10K. Her mm -hmm. husband was a national cross-country champion when he was in... Uh, University of Colorado. So the Gouchers are, are well-known runners. Mm -hmm. And I was in the mix zone underneath the grandstands and she did her interview and, you know, you, you get some video and pictures of that. And then you step outside the mix zone and there's kind of a hallway area. Mm -hmm. And Adam, her husband was out there and she didn't win. She got like sixth. So she didn't even like make the world's team. I think it was racing for the world's that year. And she just collapsed into his arms and I'm there and I've got my camera in my hand and I turned to bring up my camera to my face and I'm like, nope. Yeah. This is their moment. I don't need to be here. I'm out. And I left him alone. It would have been a great picture. I still can picture it in my head. Do you, are there ever any pictures you don't take? Yeah. It happened back at the Giro women, uh, 
couple of years ago. It was a climb stage, climb finish. It was really hard one. And I remember one of our rider, Valkar from Team Valkar, uh, she arrived exhausted. She was crying. She was fatigued, everything. She was just destroyed. And I really saw her struggling, crying. I really felt bad for her at that moment. I was like, I don't need this photo. No one needs to see this. I just need to be there for her or just leave her, you know, let her having her time to cry out. And I remember I had to tell somebody that was there taking photos with the phones. I was like, hey, can you just leave? Don't you see that she's struggling here? So yeah, there are some moments where you're like, okay, nope. Yeah, I completely respect that. You you transitioned from photographer to friend. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I've been with them for two, three seasons, like inside the team. Mm -hmm. And I stepped out with Cannondale, but still shooting for the team. So I know them. But... uh, it, it could be her, it could be someone else. You just have to understand the situation you're there. And even also think about, would I like someone taking a photos of me being in these conditions? No. So why should I do this to them? Right. Right. I respect that. Is it, I'm sure you develop a good relationship with the writers. Mm-hmm. Um, any hilarious moments? Any awkward moments Mm-mm-mm-mm. i'm thinking <sighs> well i mean when i was at the giro u23 men so it was the time when top pitco was in trinity mm-hmm. i had to hang out with them after the giro finished so i saw the real tom and that's when i uh got to n- no, I would say not really. No, because you don't really get to know someone over a dinner. But aside of him that you don't see at the races. He seems so very would... British. Well, in, I don't know. In the best way. I've been like since British, but uh, from outside, you, you see that he's pretty... Um, focus on what he's doing but i saw him at dinner and he's pretty uh down to her he's funny he's really funny funny. Uh, yeah i'm gonna guess a sarcastic (laughs) sense of humor yeah it could be could be yeah uh that's interesting i my experience with him i actually over the the years and of course it takes time and and you spend time interviewing and shooting and (laughs) conversing with and talking like sometimes I, I race bikes I have for a long time. And so I can relate to what's going on in the course Mm -hmm. and, um, uh, a bit of a relationship with people like Wout or, um, Oh, I don't know, mostly the Americans, but even, I don't know. Anyway, it's easy to develop a relationship in a world like cyclocross. And I found like, Pidcock was arm's length distance. Yeah. I felt. Uh, and we were in the whole race environment. And, you know, obviously you can get your your picture of him signing an autograph or two, but um, it, it was a very different relationship. For instance, I did a, my first podcast was with Stephen Hyde, who was, you know, one of the top writers in the world until mm-hmm. uh, he retired. And he and I have a great relationship. And, hang out after jingle cross and just have you develop a good relationship with people. So my experience with Tom Pidcock was very arm's length. So I appreciate (laughs) that you. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was lucky that I uh, could hang out with them after the race. Like, so outside the race bubble. Right. So it was a, a different Tom, but I had like, yes, if you see him at the races, Keeping the distance, probably. Yeah. He's uh, polite, of course, but right. when it races, he's just super focused. That's a thing that you uh, see about him. Yeah. Well, he also wins, so <laughs> it's fair. 
focus <laughs> focus is a good thing. Uh, well, what's uh, what's on the slate for you this summer that you're really looking forward to? This summer, well, Tour de France, of course, and uh, I'm planning on doing some different kind of bike racing uh, with Cannondale. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> what do you mean, different kind of bike? Are they, you got mountain, road, track? Uh, kind of mountain. Well, What's no that? mountain bike, enduro. Oh, okay. Great. So it's something that I ask for because I need and I want to try something different also. So we'll see if we, we, we will be able to manage with my schedule and do some of those races. So I'm looking forward to those ones and Tour de France and Paris-Roubaix now in April and Flanders on the motto. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just excited for the upcoming races, honestly. Yeah, it's interesting you say you're interested in something a little different because I feel I'm ready to, to dive into some mountain bike racing because I, I feel the beauty of cyclocross uh, and the excitement and a, a little more air maybe mm -hmm. in the world of mountain biking and maybe a little bit more interaction with the environment itself. Mm -hmm weaving yeah. in and out of trees and rocks and yeah yeah i would like to shoot also like different kind of sports but as we said before like i'm full-time with cannondale and now yeah for the women so i have the whole road season and then cyclocross so it really takes me a lot of time for sure do you know how many days on the road you live um, so I count in this year, it will be like 66 days of only races. So let's count two more days to each race, at least because it's two days traveling. Right. There and back. So I'm really bad at math, I said before. <laughs> well, I'm going to say that's, that's half of a year. That's yeah. approximately six months away yeah. from home that's crazy that that's crazy. yeah it's a lot yeah well the time to do it is now and your work is gorgeous thank you where can people find you again on instagram instagram mainly or my website and now i'm actually working on uh switching to another website i'll see but i will have some updates on instagram because i think the main platform is instagram honestly i can't I, it's, to me that's a visual platform yeah, it's easy to get access to. So, yeah, very cool. Well, we'll <laughs> wish you the best this season. I'll be watching you on you. Uh, Instagram, Twilcha. Yes. <laughs> at Twilcha on Instagram. Thank you. Which is Twyla. Twyla Muz. <laughs> Say your name for me in your Twyla. Italian accent. Well, name. Uh, well, in Italy, they call me Twila. Oh, Twila Muzi? Muzi? Yeah. Which? Yeah. Twila. Twila Muzzi. Muzzi. Uh, uh, no. Molto bene. Yes. You got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, hey, it was a treat to see you. Yeah. Thank Take you. Take care this summer. Sure. Take care of yourself. I will. I will. Be careful on the farm roads as you're chasing people <laughs> around the countryside. I do. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll see you back in the States. Maybe this oh. summer. I don't know. I would love that. So look us up. Yeah, uh, thanks for your time again. And we'll look forward to following you on the gram. On the gram. <laughs> seeing, you, seeing you at a race near you. Okay. Thanks, Tons. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. What a fun conversation with not just a fellow photographer, but one who really dove way into the deep end of professional cycling. What an adventure. I've always said that the best ticket into an event is a camera, and her camera has given her a seat right on the team bus, literally. I'm sure she's making memories that she will tell her children and grandchildren about in years to come, and she has the images to back those stories up. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram at Twilcha. Anyway, thanks tons for listening to Bike Talk with Dave. 
If you dig it, please subscribe, pass this on to your friends, and I would be super happy if you would rate and review on your favorite platform. We've got a ton of bike talks in the can, so I hope you continue to tune in. And if you have any ideas of someone you'd like to hear from, please message me on Instagram at dmabel122. 